welcome to Gen X Voice. Nobody asked us, so let's get our voices heard. Written off years ago as the Slacker generation, we actually have brought a lot to the world behind the scenes. Now we need to bridge two opposing generations and make sure non-Karen voices are heard. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm going to interview Gen Xers being rad and doing cool shit in the world. You can follow me at Gen X Voice on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. Check out other podcasts, videos, and blogs at genxvoice.com. Even though the focus of this platform will be to celebrate Generation X, the goal is to interview as many people as possible from lots of generations, backgrounds, and experiences. Let's unpack some of our differences and attempt to discover what truly ties us all together. With so much division and pain in the world today, instead of shutting people down for their age or other features outside of their control, let's listen to these voices and discover common ground so we can come together and create a better world for all. I don't want to be an army. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the show. Thank you all so much for the outpouring of love and birthday wishes sent my way from the last episode, um, the one that I turned 45 in homage to Clove. That was pretty intense. Um, and so I'm delighted you listened and that you're back for more because, man, have I got a treat for you all. This episode will be pretty much the opposite of the episode we did a couple weeks back called Christianity and the Gen Xer. I promised you guys, right, that I wanted to give a platform to everyone. Well, our guest today, the Reverend Fry Daddy, is also a fellow podcaster and Gen Xer, but he is a self-described responsible conspiracist and scribe to all religions and philosophies. We do some serious unpacking of censorship in the 80s versus cancel culture of today, discuss some old radio personalities like Wolfman Jack that inspired his podcast, what it was like for him growing up in the South as a white kid raised by a black stepdad, how he embraces what he prefers to call his mental afflictions, and cannibalism in the Thanksgiving peanut special. And really everything in between. So buckle up, dear listeners, because we are going on a trip. Hi, Reverend. And how are you doing this morning? It's afternoon, daytime, morning, whatever we are in this world. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, I am so delighted to have uh, you on the podcast. You are the Reverend Fry Daddy. That is correct. Uh, also a fellow Gen X podcaster. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your um, your name. I want to know your name and then we're going to talk about where your beautiful accent comes from, but let's hear about that name first. So, okay. Now I know everybody heard, first of all, they heard Reverend Fry Daddy, but I don't want anybody in this world to ever get it twisted because I drop F-bombs like pennies on prom night. <laughs> I am. Let, at, let it fucking rip. <laughs> yeah. See, I, yeah. See, I'm, I'm a Southerner. That's where, that's where my accents come from. But also the idea is like we used to sit around and, you know, have bonfires and drink and all that stuff. And I'd go on these rants and everything. And they say I sound like a preacher, but also a wrestler at the same time. And I, but it all ties into it because I grew oh, up watching wrestling. God. You know, no, I'm talking about NWA, AWA back in the early 80s before it was on TV. Oh, 
wow. I didn't even know that there was a world before TV. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, um, my mom used to take this place called Eddie Grand Sports Center, and it'd be the old wrestlers. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't on TV. You know, it was if you had to go there to watch it. You know, like you like a dollar beer and dollar hot dogs. Of course, I can't get anything because I'm a kid. But you know, everybody's in this little gymnasium, whatever kind of deal, watching wrestling. Um, I grew up watching Dusty Rhodes, Andre the Giant, you know, um, Chief Wahoo McDaniel's, you know, Blackjack Mulligan, you know, people like that. And yeah. so it's like, you know, I, that was always my fascination. So as I got older, it's like, you know, when I started ranting and talking, it's like, and plus when I'm drinking, <laughs> it's like. Damn, he sounds like a wrestler, but at the same time, as a preacher, because I'm, you know, preaching the gospel of, you know, just theories and, you know, ideas and stuff. And so uh, a couple years ago, I ended up here in Georgia, and um, me and a friend of mine were talking about different things, and um, he happened to talk about um, Eris and um, the Golden Apple, the Scordia Society's Church of Subgenius, and I looked into it, and I'm like, so I need to pick a name for my Pope name. And I'm like, you know what? Reverend Fried Daddy, that's, that's where it's going to be, you know, and I picture myself wearing Hawaiian t-shirts and just straight up talking, you know, just whatever I wanted to talk about, different ideas, different conspiracies, whatever, but I, I am a responsible conspiracist. I don't tell people about, you know, the aliens blew up 9-11 and killed JFK and, you know, that, that doesn't fascinate me at all. My thing is always trying to connect the dots and find the patterns, you know. Right. Oh, I love that. That is such a cool story of how you came up with your name. Okay, so you're in Georgia now. Where were you before that? Where are you um, from? Well, I actually, I'm, I'm fourth generation born and raised Florida in Orlando. I was the fourth generation born in Florida. Um, I ended up moving to like um, Ohio, Tennessee, Washington State, just, you know, get my, you know, see the world a little bit, if you will. But I was in Tennessee for a couple of years and I ended up moving back down to Florida. Then I got a hold of a friend of mine on Facebook and we ain't talked in like 30 years. He's like, what are you doing right now? So right now I'm in, I'm in between states because I was actually planning to go back to Washington or go to New Jersey this time. And he said, come on up here to Georgia. I was like, all right, sure. So I packed a couple of bags, came up here in June of 2017 and been here ever since. I have not oh, left. Man. Yeah, well, you know, I've had a couple guests on from Georgia and um, my last guest um, who's going to air before you uh, actually – um, the the beautiful nature of Georgia helped her kick heroin. I mean, a lot of other things too, but that was a big part of it. So right. we got some healing green down there, brother. Let me tell you. I, and and I got to ch- like float down the Chattahoochee River. I was so <laughs> back in the day when you could, um, yeah. and was so uh, mesmerized. My listeners already have heard this story, but man, I got a tattoo right after that of a vine because I was just so like, I, I'm from the Southwest mostly. And so to be in a place as lush as like, um, you know, Atlanta area was just insane. Okay. Reverend, what yeah. year were you born and how old are you? Copyright 1971. I'm damn near half a century right now. Yay. I'm 75. I'm about to actually, when this comes out, I'll have already turned 45. Um, and so it's always so great to, to talk to fellow Gen Xers um, because, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't assume, but I'm going to I'm going to just ask it straight out. Um, what generation do you identify with? Oh, of course, Gen X. You know, okay. You know, I wanted to be polite and just in case yeah. you were like, no, well, no, no, like Gen no. Z. <laughs> no, no, because I was hatched out in '71. You know, because I'm part lizard, I'm hybrid, so I was hatched out in '71, <laughs> and I fit right in that time frame. Because you got to figure anything between '83 and '86, that was our time. 
I mean, regardless how old you were, I mean, that's when that's when the Gen X actually fl- flourished with the music, the movies, the TVs. I mean, even, you know, our politics, yes. you know, PMRC. I tell people all the time about the PMRC. I'm like, you got to know what's going on back then. See what's going on now. I'm mean, they're trying to do the same shit they did to us back then. But we stood up and fought for it. You know, this whole cancel culture, it just racks my brain. I'm like, we had people fight for us back in the day. D. Snyder, you know, Frank Zappa. You know, Rob Hafford, they, they stood up against the, you know, the, the, the man, you know, the Tipper Gore, but, you know, the man and said, no, we're not having that bullshit. We're going to, you know, let people listen to what they want to listen to. That's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a right. It's a privilege to be free, but they want to take it away from us because they got mad because their kids are listening to something. So they want to take everybody else's kids and not listen to the same thing. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You can't do okay. that. <laughs> Reverend, you know, some of our listeners are a little older and some are um, a little younger. We've got some Gen Zers that listen to the podcast. So, right, right. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what D. Snyder was all about and censorship? Well, I, okay, I, like I said, I break it down for everybody else. Um, you got to figure, okay, back in the 80s, Tipper Gore was, you know, the wife of Al Gore. Everybody knew who Al Gore is. That's when he was a senator back then. And her daughter was listening to um, – the um, Madonna album, you know, like a virgin and stuff like that. So the daughter asked questions about, you know, well, what's a virgin? <laughs> Why would I be in touch for the first time? <laughs> so she went and listened to these albums and um, she got her, you know, her Christmas card mailing us or her other, you know, senator friends and, you know, the hint, the, the, the what do you call it, the pecking circle, the hum, the hens and all that stuff. And she's like, have you heard of these lyrics? Have you heard of these lyrics? So you got a group of these women together to try to, you know, um, put labels on music. Explicit lyrics, try to ban them. And then, you know, everybody talks about video game violence nowadays. I'm like, we had the same thing back then. These group of women wanted to pretty much shut down anything we enjoyed. I mean, that's all, that's all it was because they thought it was wrong for their kids. So they, you know, in their mindset, it's wrong for everybody else's kids. No, you can't do that. So artists step up like Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister. Went in, front of the, went in front of the Senate hearing, you know, gave this, I mean, beautiful speech, you know. And I was like, man, that, that's right on the money right there. Frank Zappa did the same. I remember. I remember watching it just like, wow. <laughs> I actually posted um, Yeah, because I, um, I got a... I'm, I'm leaving YouTube. I'm going to BitChute now because BitChute has let me do a lot more things I wanted to do two, two years ago. Um, but I played the uh, I played the clip of the D. Snyder um, um, thing, whatever, on YouTube, and they tried to block it and ban it because it belonged to somebody else. I'm like, dude, this was public information. This was public forum. This didn't belong to anybody, <laughs> you know. So I mean, but I've always been dealing with Facebook and Twitter and um, YouTube for um because I want to play music, you know. I want to create a radio show because I grew up. Wolfman Jack was it was inspiration, you know. Um, Dr. Johnny Fever, you know, Cincinnati KRP, that was a bright inspiration. Happy Harry Hardon. I mean, those are inspirations for me to want to be a And, you know, even if you want to get cheesy and, and talk about um, um, Casey, K- uh, was it Casey Kasem? Casey Kasem, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, every day I was, or every weekend I was listening to their countdowns. And yeah, same thing. So I wanted to create, you know, where I can come on and, you know, have a conversation and talk about, you know, current things going on in the world and play music. Even if it was, you know, music from the 80s or 90s, whatever, but just play music. But I was not allowed to do those things because, oh, copyright, just, yeah, but I'm not monetizing. I'm not trying to make money from this. I just want to share things that happen because you go on any radio station, they play classic rock, you know, and I hate to hear, I hate to hear the word classic rock with my generation, but that's what it is now. They don't play everything that was out there. 
because you got to remember back then everything was not on the radio. It was always underground music that was playing. You know, you actually had to go to the tape stores to buy the underground tapes. They didn't play it on the mainstream radio. So there was a lot of songs you don't hear on the radio then, now, or ever. I'm like, but there was some great stuff out there. Let me play that. Let's put some King Diamond on. What's King Diamond? Because you didn't hear it on mainstream radio. <laughs> right, right. We were so um, sheltered. And that's why, um, boy, when you got a copy of a tape, from someone from another state or a cousin or a friend. It was like, listen to this. You were like mind blown, right? Like, yeah, I, I was lucky. I was, I was blessed. I was blessed because in Orlando uh, at UC, uh, UCF, which is the college in our town, there was a radio station called 89.9 Midnight Metal. And every Saturday night from midnight to 6 a.m., all they played was straight metal. It wasn't nothing from the radio at all. And that was, and you asked back when they, that's back when you had to have the tape recorder, you know, put up to the radio to yep. get recorded. Yeah, back in those yeah. days. You had to be really good with that pause button, man. You like, you, you just said, oh, no, record it all. Record it all. Record it all. Because we, we record six hours of radio. Even, even the DJ was awesome. His name was actually Mike Hanneman. And he got a radio show, um, you know, 20 years later. I'm like, I remember you when you were a cool DJ. <laughs> wow. Now he's like on a regular, like, what is it? Um, Clear Channel kind of mm-hmm. bullshit. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> oh man! Exactly. Well, I, I got to tell you, one of the reasons that I like wanted to have you on the show is because I did listen to one of your episodes, and I was so blown away by, of course, your energy, uh, your charming accent, of course, and then the fact that you did—you um, had like um, all this music that was weaved in, and you would play it. And, and it was like, um, I think you went from um, Twisted Sister to like Culture Club. Um, and you were just so exuberant about how we didn't, we didn't care about gays or straights. Like everybody was cool. Um, and I just love hearing that from someone, um, you know, and this is going to sound really offensive, but someone with a Southern accent. Yeah. Um, you, you, you seem to be a little bit more of... Um, um, not a Republican right-wing Southerner. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Not <laughs> How did that happen in the South? And it's funny, you know, it's funny you say that because I never gave a damn about politics until this year because that's all everybody wants to talk about. I'm like, so I got to keep up with, you know, the topics. And I'm like, I really don't want to talk about politics because it really don't, it don't interest me. But it is to me. It's a fun game. So I, I watch all of it. I watch the left or right. Because to me, it's, it's like a game. It's like a game show. Even the hearings, the news media, both sides. I'm like, it, to me, it's a game show. So it's it's interesting going. Hey, they're crazier than I am. You know, but, but the whole idea is I don't support, you know, the left um, agenda. I don't support the right agenda, but I do support freedom because I am, you know, basically an American. I'm not saying a patriot, but I'm an American. I believe in freedom and I know what's coming. And I tell people, I said, I, I was told about this, you know, 40 years ago. I was told what was coming, you know, Marxism, communism. So I was told it was coming and we've been battling it, but I never paid attention because I'm like, yeah, your old folks are crazy. Until I became an old folk, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I know what they were saying now. <laughs> Everything seems to line up with what they were, were saying. The, the old stoners that were our parents, the boomers. No, and even the, even the regular you know, folks that were just, you know, 
people hanging out playing checkers or you know dominoes and, and uh, parks whatever you know not even the stoners but just the regular folks were telling us about these things and it's ironic that i grew up in a you know system where we had the library the dewey decimal system card catalog you know so we actually had to read books you know kind of yeah. and a lot of my favorite authors out there were george Orwell, bradbury um, Philip J. Dick, uh, Arthur Schopenhauer. I mean, the the list goes on and on about dystopian. You know, these they talk about these things, and I'm like, so I'm seeing it now is like I think someone read the same books I did and created a blueprint for what they're doing now, and I'm like, hey, I I know your game. I know your game. It's crazy, <laughs> so it, right? Like uh, dystopian futures, my has always been my favorite um, reading movies. Um, I just absolutely love it. That and sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Um, same thing. Yeah. Okay, so if you're not left or right and you said you do like to be an intelligent conspiracy theorist no no um, responsible responsible ain't no, ain't no intelligence about it just responsible responsible thank you for correcting me sir <laughs> no, no, I just, <laughs> or i should say brother because we're like the, yeah. you know, we're in the same 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 um group but you that southern accent brings out that one and that need to want to say sir to you right, right. Um, <laughs> um so what what uh, what do you think about the political climate? Without you, we're not talking about politics. I just want to know what your view is on on Trump and um, Biden and 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 the coronavirus. Like, what, what's that uh, doing to your brain? Okay, here's the thing: is like um, I've lost um, at least three people now, you know, due to COVID. Now, um, but they also had the you know pre-existing oh conditions. God. I just lost a really good friend of mine three days um, before this recording. And I lost, um, I lost one last week, you know, last week. 44 on December 12th. Yeah. Um, same, see, um, but yeah. my thing is, um, you know, I, I live, I lived through, you know, the age pandemic, you know, the age outbreak of the eighties, you know, right. lived through that stuff, you know, didn't catch the AIDS. And that's back in the day when fat people were actually was sexy because a woman see a skinny man, like, Oh, he got the funk. We ain't mess with him. Let's get that fat man. So I'm being being a being a chunky person, you know. I'm like I got more trim back then because of the AIDS virus, but at the same time I was responsible and I wore the condoms and all that. I didn't like to, but I you know I knew it would be responsible though, kind of deal. I'm not sure how I got indoctrinated in wearing that shit, but um, but the idea is I would live through the AIDS stuff. I lived through the crack pandemic. I lived through, you know the course of swine flu and everything else. But there's been so many things in this life that could have taken me out, even my own self. I'm a three-time survivor of suicide. And there's no tragic story, no pity party, my own personal journeys kind of thing, if you will. So there is nothing in this world that's going to take me out except for me and or, or death itself, you know. So I don't chase death anymore. So this COVID thing, I'm like, if it's going to get me, it's going to get me, no matter what I do to prepare myself, you know. So I don't, I don't, I can wear the mask or I can do this distancing, whatever. But I'm like, if it's going to get me, it's going to get me. So I'm not going to, I, I've never, well, the past, well, not never, but the past few years, I've gone on the idea that I'm not chasing death anymore because it's going to happen. We're going to die regardless. My destiny is to die. Right. My, my journey is to die. I mean, right. that's right. really kind of, uh, sorry guys, but that is kind of yes, the truth. It's, it's, it, and it is, but my journey is to ride this, you know, motherfucker until the wheels fall off. That's what it's all about right now. So I can't sit here daily and, and have that fear of this bug is going to take me out. 
I cannot do that. I cannot have that fear because it's the common person around me, the, the modern man. You know, it's the human condition that I'm more afraid of than a, than a bug because the humans get so scared. I and mean, you see what they do. They panic. And they destroy things. They, you know, they get straight up um, violent. That's what scares me, this freaking bug. So I'm not worried about the COVID. Now, I know people out there are concerned about the COVID and all this. But once again, you start seeing patterns, if you will. Now, there was a book out there. I can't remember who wrote it, but he said that um, the government will create a panic using a virus and make it so bad to where your economy shuts down. Everything goes into a fear, panic and all this. Then when it's at the height of this and you need somebody to turn to, they'll step in with a solution. Then now they're the heroes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing patterns, you know, same thing with 1984. You know, they're going to tell us what to think. What to, what to feel, what to read, what to do, whatever, who we are, you know, oh, um, Alice Huxley, Brave New World. They're going to medicate us to the point where we're not even going to care what they do to us. They're going to give us, give us our desires, give us our Do you think it's ironic? Sorry to, to, to jump no, in. No, no, go ahead. Do you think it's ironic that marijuana and um, a lot of um, narco- narcotics and, and class A drugs in Oregon um, yeah, see, legalized, yeah. Um, like Arizona, I'm in Arizona and this is, this is a, one of the reddest States. We just flipped it blue. Like y'all did in Georgia. And, um, we legalized marijuana. Do you think that's part of the plan to, if, if we're all stoned, then we won't give a fuck? And that's where I'm on the fence at though. That's where I'm on the fence at because I, I am a marijuana smoker. I've been a smoker all my life. I was wondering if that's the lighter sound was I was hearing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but no, it's like, well, uh, I I don't, you know, smoke like seven blunts in a row. I don't sit there and smoke joint after joint. I, I'm a bowl smoker for anxieties, pain, you know, the mental discipline purpose of, but I also would like to get high and watch, you know, my shows and stuff like that. But during the daytime, I don't do anything. But the idea that, you know, you're going to legalize opium now and heroin, I'm like, ooh, that's a dangerous game. You know, I can understand the marijuana, but damn. So you know what? I think it's, just real quick, I think it's um, the way that they've proposed it, though, because, you know, Oregon's a little different kind of world. Um, They've decided that instead of putting you in jail, they want to put you in therapy. Right. Well, I I agree with that. I agree with that. That's like, I think that's pretty... That's that's pretty good, but um, but it sure seems like interesting timing, doesn't it? Oh yeah, and same thing. It's like um, you look at it how much in the night. Once again, I'm on the fence here because I'm a connoisseur of pornography, if you will. You know, people go on Pornhub and other sites, whatever, because that's what we do as people. We are attracted, you know, with our eyes, our sensuality. So, but to actually give so much. Um, fire you know or so much purpose to the porn world now it's it's beyond like a fet life um only fans you know i mean they're making it so um predominant where it's popular now it's no longer a bad thing and i'm like there it is they're giving everybody their vices you know like here here you go take this this is for you and they're, they're be so consumed by that they ain't gonna care about anything else now people who are not into porn who are in the drugs here's all your drugs now now you don't don't worry about what we're doing over here just do your drugs so that's, that's the whole idea behind it now. But it started um, years ago with ADD, you know, ADHD. Everybody wanted to give everybody the Ritalin, them, you know, the lithium. They were, that was like, so they wanted to medicate everybody to the point where they are no longer don't care what's going on in the real world. And, in my, and then once again, on defense, because I love technology. I love technology, but cell phones, it's a, it's a vice. It is a, it is a brain 
consuming tool, if you will. I mean, people get lost on, on their devices For and they don't hours care. and hours and hours and they don't communicate with each other. They're just looking down at their phone. How many couples do you see when you eat at restaurants? And they don't talk to each other except for to show each other an image on their phone. I mean, you and I grew up, man, if we were, if we were even playing with our toys at the table, we'd get smacked in the face. Um, and rarely would you even have a TV in the same room um, that y- your dining room is. And now right. here we I have friends who have kids that are like, I don't know how to get them off their phone. I'm like, you gave it to them when they You're were. Right. You gave them a, an iPad at three. I want, you know, and I I can't even imagine being a parent. Um, are you a parent? Yeah, I have. I have actually. Well, I'm, I'm a parent of a lot of different kids. I have two biologicals, and I have five that I've actually raised. Wow! And they're all they're all grown out there doing something in the world. But I've, I've cloned twice, though. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, so I got your youngest. My youngest right now is she is of uh, twenty three. 23. Okay, so just at the very end of Gen Z, and how old's your oldest? Um, see, Bryant would be, should be around 27, 28 now, I believe. Okay, so really straddling that Zennial. Oh, yeah, he was a, yeah. Z, um, um, thing. No, no, they're, they're definitely Z Nations. They're definitely Z Nations. Oh, really? I, okay, yeah. okay, Z Nation, I like that. So what makes them, in your opinion, um, can you tell the difference between them and millennials? Oh, a big because of okay. I have a personal philosophy on how to how I raise my kids. I don't tell my kids that the world is full of rainbows and unicorns. No, I let them know that the world is full of danger. The world is fucked up. People are fucked up. They're going to do bad things to you regardless. Just be prepared when you go out there. I'm not saying don't trust, don't, not, not trust anybody or not you know, be isolated or whatever, but be aware that people have one thing, the human condition, and they will use it against you for their own benefit. So just be aware of what's out there. You know, and I tell people, I tell my kids when I, even at a very young age, I taught them, you know, five, six years old. If someone does anything towards you that makes you feel bad or whatever, you attack them because now you're defending your right as a human being. So you, you make sure that you do what you got to do. But now as they got older, I'm like, you know what? Let them throw the first punch, not just the words. Let them throw the first because I had to learn myself as I grew up also. I had to learn to stop um, attacking people because of the way they talked to me or the way they did whatever. So let them put their hands on you. That'll be their mistake. But I've made them aware that people in this world are, you know, are actually bottom line deep down. We're fucked up. And I'm not excluding myself because I'm the same way. But don't judge people on who they are. But let them know, let just know from firsthand that they are going to do something to screw you over regardless. I mean, unintentional or on purpose, it's going to happen. So I raised them to see the world through the razor blades and bob wires instead of the rainbows and unicorns. So they were pretty much more aware of what was going on in the world when they went out there. So, but I see the early millennials, parents, you know, coddled them, you know, oh, you're, you're a good person. You got a participation award. You know, you fell down. Let me fix that. No, you got, you took away their self-reliance is what you're doing. You know, you made them dependent on who you are as a parent. And I, and I, I, I get that idea. I really do. But because I love my kids, I showed them emotional, I showed them physical and I showed them, you know, um, spiritual strength, if you will. But I, you know, at the same time, I let them know that this world is, it's, it's wrong. You're not going to be able to make it better. All you can do is survive in it. That was my whole idea of raising my kids. I, I love everything that you just said, um, because it just, I have this theory that, um, Gen Z kids are raised by Gen Xers and they're fucking badasses. But here's the thing I want to ask you, Reverend, is 
what do you think fucking happened? Because I was raised by boomers. You were raised by boomers. Um, millennials were raised by boomers. What the fuck happened between the time I got a theory on that, but I'm, 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 it's always, you know, trying to reach out to people and find out these things. Cause, um, my mom didn't do anything, but work. She worked two jobs. Okay. She didn't drink. She didn't smoke. She didn't do any drugs. She didn't nothing. But my dad, my stepdad, when it raised me, he liked to drink, smoke weed with his cousins and his friends, you know, so I'd hang out with them. Then at the same time, you know, I'd have his friends or my mom's friends and they have kids and they were, we were all pretty much the same kind of people, just fuck ups, you know, but when we fucked up, we got our asses whooped. The neighbors in my time could whip your ass, you know, but I think, I think, yeah, I think what happened was when we were stopped spanking our kids is when things start going downhill because they stopped fearing authority. Kids don't have fear of authority. And I, I joke about this because, like I said, I'm half a century now, and I still hide my weed. Even though I live with my girlfriend, and that's about it. I still hide my Because it's, it's that basic instinct of, hey, well, i got to hide my stash, you know? But these kids nowadays walk around, you know, blunts in the air. Hey, how's it going? They don't fear the authority. My parents, teachers, cops, whatever, because they have never been punished, you know, at least on um, corporal punishment, if you will. So they don't have fear uh, of being, getting in trouble. I, I had that fear growing up. I had the fear of getting in trouble. So I had to hide things, you know, if you will. And not just drugs, but other things also. I had to hide things. So I think when we stopped spanking our kids, I think that's when things started changing because they, they lost that fear. Here's the thing, though. So I was um, terribly abused as a child to the point where I've had stitches. I ran away from home at 12 years old with nothing but the clothes on my back, um, running for my fucking life. And for me, I love the philosophy as an educator and a counselor in elementary schools. I loved the idea of restorative practices where instead of having a violent Um, or physical reaction to something like just throwing them in detention, for instance, that's also a negative reaction, right? Yeah. Time out. (laughs) And, and discuss and rationalize why a decision that you made is, is incorrect for me personally. Again, um, I was in the extreme um, side of spankings because it, it never stopped. I mean, my mom broke wooden spoons and fly swatters and belts and whatever she could get on Um, but I don't, I don't condone that at all. I'm just the opposite. I'm like, man, sit, sit the kids down, give them choices. But then again, you know what? I, I opted out of, of reproducing because I didn't actually want to have to fucking. (laughs) No, no, it was was funny for me because, okay. Um, basically, okay. I was raised, I try to give you a little bit of background. I actually was raised for 13 years in a black community because my dad was black. My stepdad was black. Right. So I've got, um, him, his mom and dad, my grandma and grandpa, his um, three brothers and cousins and all that side of the family. Now, my mom's side of the family, they actually were racist because they hated the idea that my mom dated a black guy. And they'd always, you know, say these things. So we never went around my white side of the family. So I was always raised for 13 years in a black culture. Even my grandfather, Johnny Jackson, oh, dude, he was awesome because he was sitting there and watch westerns and war movies, drink Paul Malls, or um, drink his, um, his liquor and, and smoke Paul Malls. And he'd sit there and go, hey, boy, let me tell you what. Don't ever trust a white man. They're going to take everything from you. 
aunt, yes, granddad, yes, granddaddy. So I was raised racist to hate white people. So for, at 13, we moved to a white neighborhood, where a mixed neighborhood. It's more predominantly white, though, of course. And I didn't want to be around the white kids because I knew they were out to get me. They were out to steal everything from me. <laughs> so, but I learned after, you know, it took me a couple of years to realize that, you know what? People are fucked up. It's not about race. It's people are fucked up, you know. So, but I was raised in a, in a I mean, devote, I mean, Asian, black, white, um, Jamaican Islanders. I mean, anybody you can think of. I was because Florida was a lot of people. So I was raised around all different kind of cultures. So I got around everybody, and I learned a lot of different things. So it's like it made me not so much blend in, but it, but like, damn, this is y'all. Y'all don't like these people, but you don't. But you're missing out on what they're they're offering, you know. Oh, I can't stand black people. But you're missing out on the hip hop, you know. Run DMC, LL Cool J, you know, Crush Groove. I mean, you know, I you're missing out on those things. Now, my thing is also, I never liked rednecks because I knew rednecks in my mind were straight racists. At least in the '80s, you know, they would drive around the big pickup trucks and the big tires, listen to ACDC and NWA. I'm like, hey, y'all are confused. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't all, make sense to me either. <laughs> but at the same time, but they also are tuning in to what the other cultures are doing. So I guess that was a good thing, but I didn't recognize it at the time. But it, it, so it's like, you know, I, I, I started training myself over the years. I mean, for like 13 and up to try to accept everybody for who they were until I realized that. Oh, human condition. That's it's real. So in my 20s, um, I, it's a different ballgame because I'm just now getting out of the gang life because I spent from 13 to 20 in the street kid life. I was a gang member, thief, criminal, jail, prison. I went to prison because I wanted to, believe it or not. It was my own choice. But that's a, because of politics. <laughs> But um, after I got out of prison, um, I had my first kid, and actually he was some my best friend's kid. He went to prison, so I took his kid and raised him as, as you know, my, my son. So that was my first kid. So that stopped me from doing all the knucklehead stuff. Got a job, raised the family, you know, became part of the system, became part of society, the whole nine yards. And, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm missing something. And I couldn't put my finger on it until my second kid came along. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what I did wrong the first time. I need to train him the way I trained him, then train him. But it's not so much training, but talk to them, you know, as, you know, normal people, not just kids. Even at, you know, six, seven years old, talk to them as normal people. Understand what they're going through. So that's where my punishment came in was I didn't beat my kids. I did psychological you know okay you did something wrong let's discuss why you did it wrong and of course always you know oh i don't know why or as my friends no you can't blame anybody you cannot blame your friends your situation anything on it what you did you made a choice now you might have been influenced by your choice but it's still your choice so how do you want to solve the you know things so they would come up with their own punishment and if i didn't agree with it then we can talk about something else wow okay first of all I got to tell you, thank you so much for being so raw and honest and giving so much detail about, um, so I'm sure it's not even that deep of detail. There's just so much to you. You're like a, you're like an onion, which is my favorite way to talk about me as well. Um, and, and I just want to say kudos to, um, getting through and doing and, and parenting the way that you're doing. Um, let's talk a little bit about your podcast and what's inspired you to do that. Because, um, I feel like 
this is 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 very akin to how you um, you do your podcast. You are just free and open, and and you had mentioned before you just kind of love the idea of the old radio shows, and 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 you have such a great presence. And I cannot believe, um, like, just how awesome you are. Um, so so yeah, let's talk about your podcast. All right. Before we say that though, I would like to say I, I always consider myself an artichoke though, because the the idea. Well, the idea is you peel the artichoke off, peel the artichoke, but you're empty inside because there is no ending. You know, once you get to the middle, there is no middle. It's always empty. Now, the onion has a, a center, but the artichoke doesn't. They even have the artichoke heart, it still can be peeled off and peeled off until there's nothing. So that's, I live through those. I, I, I deal with uh, or live with nowadays my mental afflictions. I don't call them disabilities. I don't call them disease disorders because just because I've been diagnosed does not mean I am um, you know, what they say I am. So I call it, I call it my afflictions, you know, my things, whatever, but I do deal with depressions, schizophrenia, working on dementia and, you know, some other, you know, fun things along the way. So I take medications now, but, um, the idea behind the podcast is because I'm lazy and that's, I'm giving you the straight honest truth. I'm lazy. Okay. In 2010, I, I worked like I had a job. I was a restaurant manager for um, several years. Um, then I ended up working at two different restaurants to help somebody else out because people were quitting, getting fired, and whatever. And I got um, a staph infection on my leg and almost had my leg amputated. So I had I lost my job and I had to live through the idea of working on getting, trying to get Social Security. I've been doing I've been trying to do it for like oh fuck it's 2020 now. 2010 so 2011 so about nine years i've been trying to get social security and i got it three years ago of course so i'm i'm disabled and do those things but um when i came to georgia the idea was to try to find a purpose but actually i basically i was coming here to die that was my main my main objective when i came to georgia i was going to be like an old dog and come to die that was that was my plan i was yeah, yeah, basically. But um, in 2010, when I lost my job and then I had nothing going on, I actually went back to school and got on the college, you know, courses and took I got a degree in that stuff. But um, someone I used to drink a lot. And on weekends, I get a bottle of Captain Morgan and sit around, you know, just drink. And people would go to bed, so I'd be talking to myself. And someone gave me a webcam, <laughs> and so I set it up, and I would sit there in my room and just drink, play music, and just talk, 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 and I put these videos on YouTube. So I wanted to do the same thing sober, you know, the, this time around. So I tried to make videos, but I was having the hardest time with technical. Um, had, you know, I had a shitty phone. I didn't have any good, you know, uh, microphones. I didn't have, I had a broomstick. My phone was tied to a broomstick with a rubber band just so I can get it to look at me, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I, I worked through it and then I started realizing I can do digital art because I love, I grew up creating things, drawing, painting, crafting, sculpting, whatever. Now I'm doing the same thing with computer stuff. So I'm still trying to make videos and, you know, figure out well, what my platform was. Now, I'm a movie nerd. I love movies, so I do movie reviews and give trivia, stuff like that. I was doing those things. Then I was promoting the idea of being a sub-genius. I'm promoting the idea of being a scordian, the idea of just being, hey, you know what? Just be free. Be yourself. Express yourself. You know, those kind of things. And, and I started thinking that 
during my time of being diagnosed with my mental afflictions that I know I'm not the only one out there. So I start reaching out to other people by, you know, making videos. But at the same time, I'm like, it's so much work going into video production by yourself, especially when using an old laptop and, you know, some janky cores into the whole, I'm pretty much, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, garage, garage, garaging it, if you will. And, but they come out pretty good. But then I got, um, talked to some people in a YouTube group and um, we were talking about doing a podcast. He's like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. So then I was like, all I got to do is record audio and throw it on the, on the internet. Oh dude, it's that's way so much easier. And I did four episodes and was like, Fuck this it's hard. And I have to like, I don't know. I didn't like the idea that I, I'm on. Like, I, I love I love hiding behind a microphone. I think that and that's and, and that's where my my downfall is because I like being on camera. I'm a camera whore. I know <laughs> lie about, I know lie about this. I still make videos. I still make videos. Um, I put them out there. I got them on BitChute. I can't put them on YouTube because YouTube will block them because I put music on there now because I'm allowed on BitChute. I'm allowed to play 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 music, but now I still have. Can you say that bitch shoot? Yeah, Bitchute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd never heard of that. Um, so why don't, why don't you go ahead and this is a great time to, to plug where people can find your podcast. So, um, but, I, but my main podcast is called P.S. You Got This, P.S. You Got This, and it's with me and two of my friends that are both in Kentucky. So we run it on Skype. I download the video, extract the audio, put up a little, you know, funny things, whatever, and put them on um, Anchor. Then distribute, Anchor distributes it through Spotify, Our Heart, Apple, Google, everything else does it for me. So we run that, but now we are taking on break right now. We did it before Thanksgiving. We're taking our break until January. But at the same time, I have a secondary podcast called the paranoid playhouse because that's where i come in that's that's my forte you know anything that i think that's interesting i put it out there and um and it's so many same thing with um anchor and spotify i can play music on there and they don't say a damn thing because i'm not trying to make money from this i'm just trying to share things <laughs> that's what i'm doing but yeah i'm still a camera horse i still make videos i just put one out a couple days ago because I got to admit, I've been, I was in a virtual uh, podcast convention this weekend and I was on video a lot. So yeah, I am too, but <laughs> I still prefer just um, voices. Oh, well, same thing. It's like, okay. Um, the idea is, um, I like to do both of them at the same time because, um, like just a few weeks ago before Thanksgiving, there was someone on Facebook complaining about Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving not being, you know, showed on TV. Yeah, Apple took that away from all of us. Oh, that no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Now, because there is a lot of Apple people out there. Believe it or not, actually, Apple is a majority of um, device users out there. There's pretty much like 73% of Apple users. So they didn't really take it away from people because we are streamers now. We're no longer TV watchers. But Apple also put it on PBS. So it was on mainstream TV. Put it on PBS, Reverend, after we all complained about it. And by the way, I'm an Apple user, but I'm not going to pay for another streaming device. Right, right, right. But, but here's the thing, though. So I, I saw I saw past all that. But the thing was, someone complained and said that Charlie Brown Thanksgiving promotes cannibalism. I was like, shut the fuck up. Hey, I was like, I didn't... Need- I didn't even, I, I was going to, I was going to make a big old video about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to touch this because I, I'm sick of, I'm sick of people with these ideas. Well, you know, the idea is Woodstock ate part of the turkey. So it's cannibalism. I'm like, no, that's nature. So I didn't, I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. Pigeons eat chicken. Right. Gosh, that's crazy. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't touch the idea. I, I let it go. 
But podcasting, yeah, I'm lazy. I love the idea of just taking audio. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But I have been down, but I have started out when I started out doing um, the podcast. I had to learn how to do audio editing. So I use Audacity, you know, learn compression and noise reduction. I had to learn all these things, how to learn to edit and, you know, stuff like that. So I learned a lot of tools along the way. But like I said, podcasting me is, is my lazy way out, and I enjoy it. But I can also sit there and have a conversation, play music, throw it on Anchor. Anchor goes everywhere else. Then if I get a uh, uh, bug up my ass, I can do a video and throw it on and then put it in my video editor. So I have my own openings. I do all my digital stuff and throw that on BitChute. But now if I put that on Facebook or YouTube, it'll get blocked or censored because it's got copyright music. I'm like, but I'm not making money from this. I'm just trying to share, man. Right. But are you on any social media platforms like Instagram? Or- yeah, yeah, I am. But I don't use them as I used to. I don't use them. And I've actually been trying to get away from Facebook for the past year and a half now. But it's getting to the point where I'm finding new outlets. MeWe. I just found MeWe a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I got on MeWe. And- I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And don't have any friends on there, but I'm in several different groups, like the, um, the 80s group. Uh, and I promote all kind of Gen X shit in there. <laughs> Um, and in some some music groups. I mean, um, so uh, I'm talking to people that I have never talked to before, and it's pretty much having a great conversation. And it's not about the political bullshit. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. There's other things going on in the world besides politics. I mean, it's this December. We're going to have the lunar eclipse, the winter solstice, the Jupiter-Saturn alignment, and a meteor shower on the same month. And we just came out of the blue moon phase. Dude. Why are y'all worried about – well, now, I understand the idea of being worried because I myself have a fear of the left winning this. Not Joe Biden, but the left winning this because the left are promoting Marxism. They are promoting communism, but they all call it socialism. And it's the same damn thing. It's pretty much saying, how do you want to be executed? Chop your head off or you want to be shot? You know, it's, you're still going to die. But now, you, you know, they're going to they choose your death for you. You know, that kind of deal. And I, I get people want to get behind that. But, man, I'm telling you, they're going to they gonna run people through the ringer. Anybody who supported these people this whole time, they're going to turn on them, too. And it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's, you see it throughout history. The two sides. So I was a big Ralph Nader supporter um, in 99. Um, and um, Ralph Nader was Green Party. And he really spoke to my heart. He was like, these um, and, and someone, I don't know if it was, I, I'm sure it wasn't him, but someone was like, Democrats and Republicans, Republicans are two sides of the same, they're two peaks of the same ass. So just the left wing and the right wing are the same bird. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, well, so what, what is it to you then that, um, that kind of so you said there's more to life than than politics, and you started talking about some of the celestial um, occurrences. But um, what what does that mean to you? What are what are those things all happening in the same month mean to you? Oh, because I'm a bit I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Okay, you spit it out. I'm a metaphysician. I, I'm into the metaphysics. I'm into the occult. I'm into the strange. I'm into the obscure. Not so much, you know. Um, I guess I am. A, I guess I am a shadow worker because I, die, I dabble in everything because I make sure because I grew up um, with witchcraft. I grew up with um, demonologists. I grew up with um, um, Satanists. You know, I knew a, a true Satanist and then great story. But I mean, I grew up with these people. And I also grew up around the, the religious sects like the Christians. And they'd always cast me away because I had the long hair, the tattoos, the earrings and I wore the metal shirts. So automatically I was a devil worshiper so that I never was allowed to go to church. 
So now one day I decided to go to church and I put on a regular T-shirt, regular jeans, you know, no holes in my jeans, took my earrings out, put my hair in a ponytail, and I still was not allowed in the church because my tattoos were showing. And I'm like, well, then if God don't need me, I don't need fucking God. So I rode, for, I rode from age 15 till about 25, then going, you know what, I'm going to go do this. And I didn't give my love to the devil. I didn't give my love to any entity, whatever, but I also dived into the universe, the um, aspects of the um, spiritual, if you will. When I say spiritual, I mean the haints, the ghosts, the specters, the wraiths, you know, the, all those things, the, um, the other natural. I don't really use supernatural because there's nothing supernatural about the other occurrences. There's this called other naturals. If it's on this plane of existence, it's not super. It's just other, you know. So I've always been into the occult, if you will, you know, the, the idea behind that. But I study all of it, not just one bits and pieces. I study all of it. I'm not so much a dabbler. I'm more of a scribe, if you will. I like to do research on it. I like to get my hands into things. Um, if a lot of things um, to me is this seems funny, and I've been saying this for uh, uh, several months now. Is my I have an I have an idea that I want to get the Christians, the Satanists, and the witches back together, because all three of those groups, the religious groups themselves, have a lot of great ideas, but for some reason they still mad at each other, and I'm like. <laughs> I, 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 got a, I got a weird perspective, a different perspective on a lot of different things, and religion is one of them. Like I said, I spent from 15, you know, all the way to 25, pretty much fuck religion, fuck politics. I'm just going to do my own thing, you know, raise a family, go to work. But um, the past several years is like, um, and, and during that time, I actually tried to um, break Christians out of their, shake their faith because I pointed out all the, you know, um, hypocrisy, all the contradictions. I'm like, this is what I'm like, this is like, but you got to have faith. And I'm like, why you got to have fat, you know? So I tried to do that. But now this past three years, I'm different path is I don't want to shake anybody's faith. I don't want to take anybody's belief system away, but I want them to be aware. It's okay to ask questions because the main thing, if you, I go and I break out. So one of your rules is, Judge not lest he be judged himself. So you can't judge me. <laughs> you know, that's your rule, not mine. <laughs> then also the idea of free will. So now I love the idea of free will because, yeah, Big G gave us free will. He pretty much says, here's the sandbox. Y'all deal with it. I ain't got nothing else to do with it. So we make our own decisions, make our own choices. You know, we got to hold ourselves accountable for what we do. So I don't blame. So I don't, I don't, so I don't try to tell people not to believe in religion, but you got to also not put your, all your heart into it. You got to put your heart into yourself. See, I never hear the, the free will part. It always gets me. by Satan is in charge and Satan is the one. And we're always sinning and um, the, you know, there's there's no free will. It's Satan. Yeah, and there's the thing. People want to blame other things other than themselves, and that's what I, that's what I. And I, I'm no, I'm no, I'm a no, no exemption on me because I've been down the path. You know, um, same thing. Now nowadays, I do hold myself accountable for things that I say, things that I do, and things that I who I am. Because I'm not going to blame the drugs, society, friends, family, the Christians, religion, any because it's things that I've done. You know, I got to hold myself accountable for these things. Now, I still hold some hatred for some of those people back in the day because they pushed me on a different path, but I also forgive them because I know that's part of who they were. So, but I don't have to focus on that. I don't focus that energy on that. I focus my energy on what can I do for myself and who can I help today? 
that's that's where I go with nowadays. But I you know I have a love for religion. I have a love for all religions. And I, when I say religions, I'm talking about you know anything on the you know Christian aspect, the witchcraft aspect, the Satan aspects, um, the Eastern philosophies, the Buddhist, you know, the Discordians. So I, I have a love for all these things. But the thing is, if they can get together, they got a lot of great wisdom out there but they're fighting each other and i'm like you gotta stop because you gotta stop saying that oh the devil made him do it no the devil made him do a damn thing he did it himself <laughs> you know jim baker you grew up with jim baker oh, right yeah of course who did jim baker who did jim baker who, who did he blame when everything came out who did jim baker blame the devil Same. made me do it <laughs> no jim you're right you did it you did it oh my gosh you know what reverend i have enjoyed you so much. I can't believe it's already time to do the rapid questions part of my podcast in which I'm going to ask you a series of questions that are pretty centric. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so, and you'll respond back as quick as you can. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right. What's your favorite childhood memory? Mm. <sighs> you know, I talk about it all the time, but it's, it's hard to come up with one. I, um, me and a friend of mine was taking out trash with one of our neighbors and she gave us $5 a piece, right? And I was throwing the trash bag in the trash can and my $5 fell in the trash can. Now these are the old trash cans where there were no side doors. So I had to climb in. Now when I climbed in, I got stuck. So I stayed there for hours and people were laughing at me, making fun of me until my parents came home and got me out. So I think that's a favorite memory of mine because it made me realize how bad people really were, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, I had to get over it. So to have a favorite childhood memory, I mean, they're out there. Like I talk about Christmas time. My mom one year made me wrap my own presents because I thought it was somebody else. That was a, that was a good thing. Um, I mean, there were, there's been some good times in my child, but go ahead. So what about your favorite 80s band or musician? Molly Crew. Always going to be Molly Crew. Always going to be Molly Crew. Always top of the list. Molly Crew. Always top of the list. Even when Vince left the band and the Dupree Stream jumped in, and I'm like, and Vince said, I was like, it's still going to be Molly Crew. It's always been Molly Crew. It's always been Molly Crew. Number one. <laughs> I love it. What about your favorite '80s film? The Outsiders. Always number one. It never changed. It has never changed. Never once changed. Wow. I love it. I love it. And um, did you go to college? I went to online college and I got an A degree in um, computer technology science. <laughs> so why did you go to college? That's what I did when I got injured. As I said, I got a staph infection on my leg and they were going to amputate my leg. So, uh, but I ended up getting a surgery done. I had to get two surgeries done and they removed um, like three pounds of flesh from my leg. So I lost mobility and walking. So I, had to, I lost both my jobs. Um, but I was actually looking at um, becoming a... Um, book writer, if you will. I'm going to you know, write books because I wrote a lot of things over the years. And I was talking to the administrator and he's like, what do you know about computers? And I was like, I know a lot about computers. I mean, that's not my interest right now. I said, I want to do these things. He goes, there's a class about computers. And I told him what I did for a living because the girl I live with, her husband had just died. Um, tragic story. But he was a guy. He built computers. So he had this whole room full of computers. So now I'd go in there and take pieces apart and Frankenstein them. And sell them to the neighborhood people like cheap. And I was like, so I got into a computer class program, but it was um, information technology science. So it wasn't just about computers. It's about all the history of it, all the lingu linguistics, you know, the technical stuff. And so I got a degree in that. 
And, and now they had a dollar forty nine me um, Mountain Dew and everything, but still, I got I got a college degree. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, Reverend, if you could give one piece of advice to any of the generations, um, either to get through the good times or the bad times, what would that be? Listen up, and like I said, this is a personal choice. This is a personal philosophy, personal belief, but I encourage everybody to do the same thing. Do not trust anyone, not even yourself. If you allow someone to dick you over, you dick yourself over. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I know that's harsh, but no, I, I live in the real no, world, you know. Gen X. That is a Gen X voice right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is the real. Reverend, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army one.